Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And in July, we are talking to leadership powerhouses, people who have led teams of at least 50 or more. And my guest today definitely has, and in some unique places that I can't wait to find out more. So Jason Hunt makes it easier for people to like and follow their leaders, which is so important. You know, you don't always have to be liked, but it is kind of helpful if you want somebody to follow you. And he's also the founder and CEO of I Squared Leadership. And he's had the pleasure of working with a number of companies, large and small, but this is what's really intriguing. His first major leadership role was to run a branch of 100 church members in outer Siberia when he was 19. <laughs> Since then, he's served a number of leadership positions, including being a principal of a school, which um, I don't have to ask why he's not doing that anymore, because that alone would probably make me crazy. He's got master's degrees certified by John Maxwell Leadership Institute. So obviously, he really believes in the education also behind being a great leader. And that has helped him to become also the author of The Other Side, Five Rules for Leading with Influence. And he also lives in one of my favorite states. And he lives in Awatana, Minnesota with his wife and four kids. And uh, I can't believe uh, I actually had to ask my husband, I had to pronounce it, make sure I was, I got it right because he grew up in Anoka, uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota. So, you know, I got to make sure I've got the pronunciation. And for those of you watching the video version, we see Jason's book behind him on the shelf too, which is excellent. I always put mine in clear view as well. So Jason, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, good job on the name pronunciation. My dad, who lives in Utah, still calls it Owatana. So you you did well. <laughs> thank you. I, I wanted to make sure. So I asked my husband, he's like, yeah. And he goes, wait, why? <laughs> <laughs> so because my next guest, that's where he's from. He's like, oh, okay, great. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know, and definitely we're going to have to hear about Siberia, but you know, I gave a few highlights on your bio, but tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about you and your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for this. And thank you for having me on the show. I'm su- super excited to be here. Uh, first and foremost, primarily, I'm a, I'm a data for. I just like to have fun. I like, I like kids. I like hanging out with people. I like education, learning, and development. And that really created a career for me for quite some time until I decided to kind of shift that career and, and go into the business that I'm in now. But uh, uh, it's, you know, primarily, I think really what drives me is just this desire to, to have an impact on people's lives. I think we all have it, right? We, yep. We're all born with this innate desire to make a difference, to matter one way or another. Yes. And I've found that as you intentionally grow your influence, there's a direct correlation to the amount of positive impact you can have with people. Uh, if you have no influence, you can't really have very much impact. If you've got a lot of influence, you can have a lot of impact. And so that, uh, you know, that drove me as a, as a teacher. It drove me, uh, um, and it drives me in my family. It drives me in my business. It's just kind of the core principle that I, I kind of work through. Very good. And, you know, you're right. As you were, I was writing that down, you know, to make, 
to make a difference, you know, to matter, to have some impact. And I think, you know, especially when we help people to become better leaders, then our, if we've really done our, our job, then, then we continue to, to evolve. And it's so funny, actually, I was just thinking, I should have thought of this too, right before we started talking, is right before, um, you know, you and I started taping, I got a call from someone who I used to lead. And she's also from Minnesota. That's why I thought it was funny. And, you know, we just visited and I got caught up, you know, and we kind of talked about a lot of things, but she had watched one of my um, YouTube videos today. And she's like, I still learn things from you. And she said, you know, it was really, it actually was a great reminder. And I got off the phone thinking, wow, you know, that to, to impact somebody, to know that, that you've impacted them over the long term, and that that makes them better leaders. Boy, talk about a gift that, you know, we give ourselves just by working with others. Absolutely. 100%. And that's why, you know, I'll get just a touch into my story here, but I was leading a principal, I was leading a junior high as a principal. And, and I know for a lot of people, that really is a nightmare calling. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but it was a career aspiration for me. I really wanted to be able to do that. And I got, I mean, that was my first really big major position of leadership. And certainly I've been in a lot of other kind of leadership positions. This is 100 staff members, 800 students, my own school, a lot of autonomy to run it the way I want to run it. And, and the first year was beautiful. It was absolutely amazing. It was exactly everything I thought leadership would be. But then the gloves came off in year two. Oh. And, and I realized something very powerful about leadership. You see, I was 32 years old at the time. I was leading through my title, which I think a lot mm. of us do when we first get our leadership position. Oh, yeah. I thought leadership was much more about management than anything else. By trade, mm. I'm just more of a technician than I'm a people person, okay? And so I love flow charts. I love to-do lists. I love, you know, I redid the staff <laughs> handbook and the student handbook and all this kind of stuff. And I thought I was leading well. Ah, uh, yeah. Until year two. Yeah. And in year two, it was just absolutely miserable because the gloves came off. I recognized that our, our, our school culture was extremely toxic. We were mm -hmm. losing teachers left and right. Student behavior was through the roof. Attendance was having a problem. Um, and we couldn't, we couldn't attract any new talent. Nobody was coming to our school. And, and mm -hmm. I wanted to point the finger and blame to other people. Of course, it's kind of what we always wanted to do. But, but I knew internally everything rises and falls on leadership, which meant yeah. that this issue is mine. And perhaps yeah. it wasn't all created by me, but it's something I got to kind of work through. Um, and that was the moment, I think, in my life where I realized that what I was doing wasn't working at all. Uh, again, yeah. this leadership by title and, and, and leadership by management and, and the amount of knowledge that I had, it, it just it, it wasn't working because I was too focused on the task. And I recall, and you'll enjoy this, Michael, but I recall one day I... I was just frustrated. I mean, I ended up hiding in a portable classroom for several days, trying to get away from the situation. Um, I, I seriously like went into kind of a depressive state, which, you know, yeah. there's a lot of anxiety in there. I just, I didn't want to work anymore at all. Um, yeah. I wanted to leave. I've got a wife and four kids. I've mentioned health insurance, um, regular paycheck, all important things. I, I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. Yeah. Right? So one morning I decided, you know what, I'm just going to bite the bullet and start asking questions. Like, yeah. I, I, I got to get some feedback. How am I messing this up? And I asked a bunch of people um, kind of to warm up, <laughs> some that I knew or would be friendly to me, but there right. was one, our union president. And, and if you know anything about schools, union presidents oh, yeah. and principals typically don't get along too well. And we, oh, we yeah. didn't, we, we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And, but I knew she was a straight shooter. I knew she would tell me exactly the truth. So I went over to her and I, I said, Hey, can we, can we sit down and talk about my leadership? And she yeah. got the biggest grin on her face. Like she'd been waiting for this moment from the day that I'd started, right? 
Um, and she took her arm around me. And again, she's double my age. So took her arm around me and just said, Jason, you, you just don't get it. Um, you're not understanding leadership. It's kind of like you're a locomotive going full steam ahead, but you've not connected to any of your boxcars. Oh. Locomotive without boxcars is useless. Um, now, again, she's a straight shooter and you can probably tell yeah. I didn't like her. Yeah. But that was the truth, right? After oh, going yeah. home and crying several nights in a row, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's what it is. Yeah. I'm leading through a task-oriented strategy and I need to become people-centric. Oh, yeah. and, and that's where I came across this idea of influence. I know this is a long story to get the, to the impact of influence, but it's just, it, it's my story. Um, John Maxwell was the guy, I was reading his book, 21 Year Refutable Laws of Leadership, chapter two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, lead, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And mm -hmm. that was a light bulb moment for me. It was, it, was a, it was a catalyst for change. It was it was my moment when my potential was shocked, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to focus on people. I haven't been doing that at all. And she's right. I'm just, you know, I'm out for a walk and nobody's following me. That's just all I was doing. And you're like, but I've got a really great student handbook. <laughs> <laughs> Were you there? Because that's exactly what I said. <laughs> No, I can imagine myself in that same situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, first of all, the analogy is great. I mean, it really is. That's such a powerful visual. Um, and I know that I've had my moments too, where I've had to really come to grips with where I was not uh, pulling any boxcars as well. And there are those moments where you have to, you know, you have to really be strong to absorb that message and then change and not let it continue to, to hold you down or to allow yourself to beat yourself up, but mm -hmm. to move on from that situation. Mm -hmm. um, it's not easy to do it, but when you do, it's incredibly freeing, especially when you can share your story later mm -hmm. and some and laugh just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been several years, so I can laugh a lot now, but trust me at the time I wasn't laughing. <laughs> Yeah. So when you, when you did that and you, you know, started to make the changes, you know, how did people, how did people receive that? How did, how did that transition go for you? You know, again, being a task oriented and kind of a, a management kind of just, it's in, it's in my gut. I, I created a strategy, I guess you'll say a, a pathway for me to start to change a bit. And, and one of the first and primary things that I wanted to do, Michael, was just to be open and vulnerable with my staff. Um, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. I think mm -hmm. authenticity and leadership is a key to leading well. People have to know that you're real, right? Yeah. Um, it's not about check off lists of how many leadership qualities you have anymore. It's not about how well you can implement lean manufacturing into your, your, your factory. It, it, I mean, all those things are important. I get it. But if you're going to connect with people, they got to know you're real. Yeah. And so I, I scheduled a 15 minute staff meeting um, just just about a week after my meeting with our with our union president. I'd written down a number of things that I'd learned from my interviews. I determined four things that I wanted to make sure that I did differently in the school. And so I had them all get together together in a class. And, and, I, and I just said, hey, guys, I know things aren't going well here. I know a lot of you know that I've been going around asking some questions. Here's what I've heard that I agree with. These are some, some things that I see in my leadership that I probably need to be doing a little bit differently. Here's four promises I'm going to make. I can't tell you I'm going to be perfect, but I'm going to try to grow with these four promises. Um, can, you, can you give me some grace? You know, can you give me a chance to be able to, to prove myself? 
And um, I didn't know the power of that meeting until several years later. I'm, I'm leaving the school district to start this company, I Squared Leadership. And, and it's, it's probably my second to last day. It's, I mean, it's the end of the school, end of the year of school is always crazy. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But our, our social worker came up to me and she says, Jason, I don't know if I'm gonna get another opportunity to say this, so I need to say it now. I'm like, oh, well, what's on your mind? I'm kind of curious. Like, okay, and I'm she ready. Goes, Do you remember that time when you got us all together in classroom and you told us how you're gonna change? And I'm like, yeah, it's still a kind of a nightmare for me, right? Um, yeah, I, I do. And she goes, what you don't know is I had my resignation letter written out. I was ready to resign from the school and go somewhere else. And she'd been with the school for like 17 years, like long time. Wow. And, and she goes, that moment, like you just, you just gave me a glimmer of hope. You just gave me some hope that maybe things around here could be different. And she says, you, you know, you lived up to your promises and our entire culture started to change because of that. And, you know, I, I've got like tears storming down my face. Yeah, no I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so incredible. And, and, and she said, this is the most powerful piece. She said, this year has been my most exciting and rewarding year of every year that I've ever been a, a social worker. And it's because of where we've grown as a school based on some of the leadership that you've provided. Wow. <laughs> I kind of wanted to say, maybe I don't want to start my business. Can I just stay here for a while? <laughs> ah, you guys love me. <laughs> oh, what a powerful message, you know, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, not only do we have to be authentic as leaders, but we have to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and we have to be able to say when we've made a mistake, you know, we've done wrong, especially if it's directly related to how we're leading people. And when you do that, you know, it really... Not everybody will believe you, and not everybody who says that will actually follow through. Um, but you know, when when you do follow through, then even the doubters eventually have to say, "Well, you know what? I didn't think it was possible, but now I see it." So, you know, what does this mean for me? What does this mean in, in terms of how I operate? And I think that's when you you know you start to see really the trickle down of positive leadership which is you know, being aware and constantly reflecting so that you can adjust as needed while keeping an eye on your team that you're trying to move to new levels. Mm -hmm. So then what made you decide, you know, I mean, uh, there's always lots of reasons, but you know, when you made that decision to, to move and do your own business and run your own business, you know, what was your primary goal? What made you say, okay, now I'm gonna move into this. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And I'm going to, I'm going to make a difference beyond just this one school, for instance. Yeah, great question. What drives me now is helping people not have that portable classroom experience. Mm -hmm. uh, my heart goes out and primarily, Michael, I work with manufacturing organizations. Primarily, I work with middle, middle level leadership. Those, mm -hmm. those awesome operators that got promoted into a team lead or a supervisor position. Yeah. And they're really good technicians, but they just yeah. don't got the people stuff because it doesn't come naturally right. to them, just like me, right? And and so I I I I know the pain they're going to experience in their positions because I've been there. Now, granted, manufacturing is different than education, but I think the feelings we go through are the same. It doesn't yeah. matter your industry. Um, the questions of self doubt, the, the 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 anxiety that turns to depression, the frustration of working your tail end off and showing up early and staying late and doing everything you possibly can imagine doing and it not working out right, I get that right. I can understand that. And what happened to me is I I spent 
a lot of time just hiding from it, right? Just freaking out, wondering, can I even do my job? And we're in such a leadership crisis right now. Like we just need good leaders so terribly bad. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these technicians are great people, right? A lot of the, we, we, we don't promote idiots. You know, we promote good people. They just don't have the skills to properly lead in a people-centric kind of way. Yeah. And, and so I just got to this place where we turned around the school in a good spot. There was a uh, um, a bond that got passed in our community. So we ended up combining a couple of schools, which left an extra principal. Our superintendent was asking for volunteers to take a severance because we didn't need one. And I'm like, that's my call. Yep, <laughs> Put yep. my hand up in the air and say, yep, I'll do it. Uh, you know, the, the severance provided me some cushion to start off my business. And uh, there's just history from there. I, I, I've just been enjoying it since then. And really, you know, I really do hope, I think I'm pretty sure about this, but I hope that I've been having the, the kind of impact that I've been wanting to have with leaders. And I think that's really smart too, to be super niche like that and, and know who you're working with. I see the same thing with salespeople. So people who are an incredible sales professionals as individual contributors, you know, the ones that always, you know, win every, you know, award, they always, you know, exceed their quotas and then they get promoted to sales management and sales leadership and they think they want it. You know, many, they all think they want it because it's the next evolution, you know, then you become the boss mm -hmm. and then they get in there and struggle and, and, you know, because you, it's one thing to be an individual contributor. It's another to lead other people to those levels of success. And when you've only had to rely on yourself and now you have to rely on other people, you know, that's a whole different ball game. And I see the same kind of correlations with those people as, you know, so much pain and suffering that doesn't have to be, um, and it, and not all of them should be leaders, um, mm -hmm. but those that you know really can and should sometimes get frustrated and quit on their own because it's so frustrating or so demotivating. Mm -hmm. And I hate to see that because then you have really good people then then not only may stall their career, but it really hits their self-esteem and it's something that we can train to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, Jason, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, and then we will be right back with a couple important questions. Sure, yeah. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And I am back with Jason Hunt. I know we're going to get a little bit more into your tips for leaders, but I need to know how you ended up in outer Siberia. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> of course, you can't just have a tease like that in your bio nope. and then not tell me the story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I was able to be a church missionary is what got me over into Siberia. And in the, in the church that I belong to, you get called to a certain area and it could be anywhere in the entire world. Oh. Um, I remember, you know, and, and it's kind of a surprise. You get a letter in the mail. I remember I had my family <laughs> gathered around to me and my dad's like hoping for I don't know, something like Idaho. <laughs> you know? And my mom's like, just stay stateside. Could you just stay stateside? And, and I opened <laughs> that up and it said, Novosibirsk, Siberia, Russia. And like their jaws almost hit the ground. They're like, what I did bet. you do? 
what did you do wrong? How did you exactly. get so punished? Um, but it was an amazing experience. I strongly suggest for any 19 year old, you know, when you graduate from college or sorry, graduate from high school, you know, go get some life experience, go, yeah. go enjoy a culture that's different than yours, whether it be the Peace Corps, the military, your mission, yeah. whatever it is, I don't care what it is, but go and really try to understand how the other side lives, right? I mean, we, we know yes. our own culture and everything, but we, what we need to open up our eyes. And so I ended up on a two-year mission out in outer Siberia. And as part of that, you know, Russia is a very intriguing place when it comes to leadership. Because Michael, they had for 70 years, a very specific style of leadership that was accepted. And if mm -hmm. you had anything different, that's true. You were gone. And when I say right. gone, I mean, like, I mean, like, literally like gone. Right. Okay. And, and so here I was, this is in 1997, 97 and 99 is when I served several years after the wall had fallen. Right. You'd think that kind of things would start to come back to normal and no, I mean, there, there was just a, a huge gap in people's ability to lead because they didn't want to stand up and be different. Right. The Russian culture during communism taught people to be all the same. And if you're different, if you stick out for any reason at all, you're just not one of us. Right. You don't take care of you in that way. And, and so I had to kind of step up as a leader, even though I was only 19 years old, I knew almost nothing about leadership, but I, but I had to, you know, just take this call upon myself and say, no, let's, let's train you guys. Let's teach you guys. Let's, let's help you understand that it's, it's, it's okay to stand up. It's okay to be a little bit different. It's okay. One of my four I have four components when it comes to uh, influence. And one of those is, is courage. You know, it's okay mm -hmm. to have the courage to make decisions, mm -hmm. to, to get to a place where maybe not everybody likes you. Cause when you're a leader, not everybody's going to like you, uh, especially right. if you're making the right kinds of decisions, right? It, it, it's okay to be able to, um, you know, get, get emotional or, or, or um, passionate about a certain issue and, and try to push that forward. Why? Cause people are attracted to others that know their values, that know mm -hmm. what they stand for, that know what their mission in life is for. Yeah. And, and I think for 70 years, most people were just, you know, I'm, I'm just a duck and I'm following the rest of the ducks. That's yeah. all I'm gonna do. Yeah. And, and so at 19, I was able to kind of get in that and, and kind of hopefully carve out a little bit of a pathway of saying, hey, it's okay. Let's, 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 let's develop you and help you understand what leadership is and help you grow in your own abilities to lead in hopes, not just for the church, but in hopes for the whole country of Russia, yeah. that they can start seeing, you know, these, these, these different styles of leadership grow and, and perhaps provide a contrast to what Russia is traditionally known. Yeah. And that's not easy. And you're right. Um, I, it's funny. I actually have a friend who uh, was born in Siberia and I have another friend who um, is Lithuanian and, mm. you know, at, and just talking, you know, with both of them about the transition of the world. I mean, I think from the U.S. side, you know, um, you know, those of us who remember the Cold War uh, and remember the wall coming down, you know, there was this, um, you know, Russia had, you know, was kind of mysterious. It was like what you'd see in a movie. And then to find out that not only was it like that, but much worse in a lot of cases. Yes. And to see both of these women who, you know, live at, well, one, one lives in Singapore now, I was going to say both live in the U.S. They did till a couple of years ago, but um, uh, the one, her husband got uh, moved to Singapore for work, but, you know, to see their pride of, you know, um, of not only their countries now, but the evolution of themselves and, and people mm -hmm. to really, you know, find value in what they do and, and, and be strong as individuals. It's really, it's really amazing. And I think to your point, 
you know, unless you travel and spend time with people of different cultures and really immerse yourself in it, even if you're going on vacation, but you really actually try and, you know, talk to someone who's from that area or you, you know, you don't go to the chain restaurant, you go to the, you know, grandma's restaurant down the corner, whatever, Mm -hmm. that you gain such a greater appreciation for, Mm -hmm. for the world, but you also um, can um, strengthen yourself to have those kind of uh, opportunities for courage and resilience. Yeah, let me let me tie this full circle then. Michael, you've probably heard of the Japanese phrase, go and see, right? Genshin Gubutsu. Um, I love that. I love that so much. If you wanna understand more about a culture, don't just read the stuff, go and see, right? Go where the culture is at. If you're trying to understand, you know, urban cultures in, in, a, in, a, in a heavily African-American area, don't watch your TV. Don't look up the news or, you know, don't hop on Twitter. Go there, like go there and meet people and talk to them and understand. Now we can take those same kinds of principles into the leadership perspective. Yeah. You've been promoted up to the level of a director. Now you're in charge of making major decisions for whatever organization you're working for. Who's to say you've got the right to do that besides your title? Go and see, right? If you're making right. a decision about some kind of operator, you're making a decision about a, a different kind of a technical program you're going to bring in or whatever the decision might be take some time and just go right to where the, where the work is happening. Ask the yeah. people there, observe the work that's going on. And when you do that, you'll have a greater appreciation and a better understanding of what's going on. Yeah. That, that was my experience in Russia. It was the go and see. And you'll also then, if you have to make a decision, I mean, that's such a great example. You know, if you're making a different, uh, a change, if you're making a change in the process and you go watch how it's done now and you talk to the people who are doing it now, then even if you have to come back and say, we have to change this process, you're more likely to get buy-in because they can see that you did put in the time and energy to ask their opinion or to watch how it goes or to to talk and converse. So then when you, you have just more authority behind you, when you say, look, I understand and I can see what you guys are doing. I know why this, you know, has worked well, but let me, after reviewing everything, this is what I know. And this is what we're going to have to change. People still may not like it, but they're much more likely to go, okay, all right, what do we need to do? And that, that is a different level of trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. If you go back to the analogy with the, with the locomotive, right. That's, that's one chink that allows those chains to be able to connect together. Um, Again, the four components, one of those components is, is connection. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you know, go and see is a tool that I use in connection because this is, it really is, it's adding credibility to your understanding. And when, when people see that you've got credibility, they're more willing to connect with you. Yeah. Well, and I'd like that. Well, let's continue this on because I'm assuming that your four influences are, uh, are part of, you know, your tips for our leaders today to become yeah. better leaders. So we've got courage and connection. What else do we need? Yeah. So, uh, and I do them in order. The very first one is care. Leaders have to care. They have a heart that cares. Um, and I like to relate it to kind of certain body parts because then we just remember it's easy. You know, I don't try to make leadership complicated. There's thousands <laughs> of books and all kinds of stuff you could dive into. It doesn't have to be complicated, but have a heart that cares first mm-hmm. and foremost, right? Secondly, uh, use your head to connect. And that's mm-hmm. a lot about listening, asking questions, going and seeing those kinds of strategies. Um, the third is use your hands to collaborate. I believe in a horizontal style leadership instead of a vertical style. That is mm-hmm. your senior leader and your middle leaders and your employees are all on the same level and we're working towards the same goals. Your job is to help mm-hmm. your senior leader lift the rock that he has, which is usually the mm-hmm. goals, the, the results that they're trying to get an organization. And it's to free your employees out of their hard spot. 
which is, you know, they're usually uh, not skilled. They don't have the experience. They don't have the tools that they need. And your job is to be able to help them out. That's a, that's a horizontal style. And when you truly do that, mm-hmm. you can collaborate towards growth. And then, the, and then the fourth one is having the courage to, to make the hard decisions, to be authentic and vulnerable and, and to be different. You know, people-centric yeah. leadership is not common. It's commonly talked about, but it's not commonly put into practice. <laughs> One of those, and I'll share this just to give you an insight. Sadly. Yeah, just to give you an insight into some of the tools that I share. One that, that that's sticky that just a lot of people love is I, and under the care category, I call it give a crap. Ah, yeah. Um, and, and that's what people want. They just want to know that you give a crap, right? They just that's want right. to know that you give a crap. I know sometimes it's hard. I know sometimes when we go to work, we don't want to give a crap, right? We just want to <laughs> kind of go through, but but we need to do it. In, in my world, crap is actually an acronym. Celebration, recognition, appreciation, praise. Again, celebration, Mm -hmm. recognition, appreciation, and praise. So, you know, that's one of the tools that I share is like, look, it's really simple. In your week, find one hour of time and schedule a crap time. I call it AA, your your appreciation appointment. Not that you need alcohol, although during my time as a junior (laughs) high principal, some days there were times that I wanted that. Um, But but no, it it was my appreciation appointment. It's one tool, one strategy that I use to help transform our culture is one hour a week. I would do nothing but go buy gift cards for people, write notes for people. I'd bring in coffee for people. I'd walk down the hallway and find teachers that were on prep and just tell them how good of a job they were doing. I'd write a memo to the staff about a celebration and some teacher got some award or whatever. That was my crap time, right? It was was scheduled. It was an AA scheduled appointment every single week when I just gave a crap. And I got to tell you, that alone started to turn things in the school. Like it just started to make a big difference and it took one hour a week. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that so much. And it is important to schedule it because there are times when you're thinking about it and you're like, oh, hey, that was really great. Um, You know what Sally did over there. And then the phone rings or the email pops in and you're like, wait, you know, three days later, you're like, wait, what was that great about Sally? Mm-hmm. You know, and so when you schedule it and you're and you're particularly focused on it, the more times that you're more likely to like maybe write that down or go deal with that right then, or because it becomes a higher priority to make sure mm-hmm. you have those positive reinforcements. And if it's scheduled, you know you're gonna be spending some time doing it. So you start looking for it more. You know, if you get right. to a Friday or whatever, I'd schedule it on Fridays, you can do it any day you want. Um, but you get to your time for your appreciation appointments in your calendar, and now you're like, oh, well, what should I be doing? You know, it, it only takes a week or two of those kinds of moments for you to start looking throughout the week. And you'll you'll end up writing down on a note card or something. You'll start mm-hmm. keeping track of stuff that you see mm-hmm. that you want to give a crap about during that time. So now here's my, here's my business suggestion for you is you need to uh, create a um, give a crap journal or something. And so then, you know, when people order your give a crap journal, you know, and it comes like this, it looks, you know, give a crap. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, then you can sell that as an ancillary, you know, product and, uh, and people will say, okay, so who am I going to give a crap about today? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. I'm in the middle of my second book and my third one, even I've already started. I mean, there's a whole section on kind of giving a crap, but it's just one small section. And my third, I've thought about writing a whole book on it because it's such a, such a critical issue. 
Um, but I like the journal idea because I could do that without spending the time to write a whole book. <laughs> exactly. You know, 365 days of give a crap, you know, I mean, there's just so many ways you can do this, you know, a tear off calendar. There's just awesome. so, you know, like the, today could be, you know, pick one person on your team to, uh, you know, to whatever. And so, you know, it could be all these kind of fun little things that you mm -hmm. could just come randomly. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that. I wrote that idea down. That's a good one. I love it. Well, Jason, we could talk forever because I, I absolutely am passionate about this subject myself. Um, and we'll have all your contact information on our show notes. But just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, uh, mm -hmm. what's the best way for them to find you? Probably my website. It's got all my social links on it. And I am on you know Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and everything else like that. So more than happy to connect with anybody. The website is www influencing for impact for influencing for impact.com and as a special treat you know if your listeners will scroll down to the bottom of that page there's a free resource i call it my 11 time finding strategies uh reason being is because when we become people centric it takes time and this was a struggle that i had i'm like well how can i fit that one hour appointment in my calendar i got so many of the things on my plate great download this resource. It's completely free. Just type in your email and you get it. And you can find 11 ways to find more time in your day so that you can focus more on the people centric aspects of leadership. Love it. Absolutely. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's not the bottom line that really creates influence with people. The biggest impact you're going to be able to have is your ability to focus on the needs and the desires of your team. That's really what it is. And, and so if there's any suggestion that I could say, and I know some business folks will, will scoff at this a bit, stop paying so close attention to that bottom line and start paying more attention to your people. I agree. Love it. Jason, thank you so much. Great words of advice, great wisdom for us all. It has been an absolute pleasure having you as our guest today. Happy to be here. Thank you for the time. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.